Hey, New Life Church. My name is Rick Bazette, and I pastor with many other people across the state of Arkansas. And Michelle and I are very thankful for the digital campus. Maybe even more so this weekend than any other weekend because we've had so many campuses that could not meet because of snow and ice, trying to get the parking lot ready. Maybe we couldn't get volunteers in. There's a lot of reasons why we didn't have church at some of the campuses and exactly why we did have church at other campuses. So today, we're still having church right here. We do it every weekend digitally, but I am thankful that more and more of you are comfortable in going back to a church if you have that option uh, with New Life Church. In the meantime, we're meeting now and we're doing a series on the Holy Spirit. And I love this series because oftentimes we miss a huge part of the triune God. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I taught on that last week and this weekend, we're gonna talk about how to be led by the Spirit of God. And I know it's gonna be good for two reasons. Number one, Marcus Brown is gonna be teaching and he's one of my favorite. And then another reason is I've been talking with him and he's given me a hunch on what he's gonna be speaking about and it is so good. I know I needed it and I think you do as well. But later on, we're gonna take communion together. So during worship, would you please go and get the elements? Just two things, get crackers, get juice. And if you have family members scattered around your home or wherever you may be, try to call them in so we can take communion together. Some of our families even say they call family members around the country uh, to participate in doing communion right here together. So you have time to do that as well. So here's what I like. When you think about the Holy Spirit, uh, the Bible says that he doesn't even speak about himself. He only speaks what the Father teaches him. I'm actually gonna show you at the end of this on how the Holy Spirit will remind you of what God has said and what God is up to in your life. So this is gonna be a game-changing day. We're all about to grow and let's start out in worship.
I don't know if this ever happens to you, but it happened to me yesterday. I was listening to a worship song and the lyrics were so powerful. And I was thinking, man, I wish I could write a worship song. Sometimes I can write a sermon. Sometimes it might be good, sometimes bad, but I've never written a worship song. I just admire that because they're so connected to the Lord. In the meantime, I'm just going to be great at worshiping. And I want to encourage you to do the same. I like it when we come together, even right here on a digital campus, to worship with you. I like it because we grow. I also like it because the Lord likes it. And he's asked for us to be worshipers and to worship him in spirit and in truth. Another thought I've had is the faithfulness of our people giving. Some of you over the last year, because of the pandemic, maybe you lost your job and you're not able to give now. I just want to let you know we have you covered. We're praying for you, praying for you to get another job, praying for the Lord to bless you in one way or another. I know that he will. In the meantime, the rest of our church, we're going to remain faithful in our giving. And and sometimes we slip a little bit, but we're going to get better. And I love the fact that New Life Church is loaded with faithful people with cheerful hearts in the way that they give. If you've gotten off track and you want to jump back in to being a faithful giver, this is a good time to do it. The information that you would need is right there on the screen. And so again, we're in the Holy Spirit series. This is part two, and my friend Marcus Brown, who helps me a lot in teaching because he is amazing. He and I have been talking back and forth about this teaching on being led by the Spirit. And this could be a game changer for you. So let's listen. Let's open up our ears and hear what God wants to say. Hey, everybody, welcome to week two in this series that we're doing on the Holy Spirit. If you happen to miss week one, uh, you're going to want to go back later and watch that because Pastor Rick taught us on who the Holy Spirit is. He talked about different ditches around the Holy Spirit. Uh, But today I'm going to talk to you about how to be led by the Spirit And what does the Bible really mean when it says to walk in the Spirit? And over and over in the New Testament, it tells us to do that. How can we walk out the plans and purposes that God has with our life? Now, so if you've ever had a kid, one of the biggest, like most monumental days of their life is the day that they learn how to walk. And usually the wife is like, you know, she's got a camera and they're videoing and it's like a big thing. They'll put it on Facebook and all the all the social media platforms. And it's like huge. But if you got into the mind of the kid, the kid, when he's learning how to walk, he's thinking, I am finally about to grab a hold of everything I've ever wanted to touch. And we know from that moment as parents that that kid learned how to walk. He was into everything. So here's how it is when you learn how to walk in the spirit. As a believer, you have access to everything God wants for your life. His good, His pleasing, His perfect will. When you know how to walk, you know how to obtain it for your own self. So let's pretend like we're on a plane. And maybe we're doing a missions trip over to the Amazon, like back in Peru, seeing our Aaron Borgo's friends. And we're all together. And all of a sudden, there's something malfunctions on the plane. And we crash. And we're the survivors on the plane. Okay. So plane crashes in the middle of the Amazon jungle, and we've got three choices. Which one would you pick? You know, we crash in the jungle. We got to get out. Would you pick a compass? If a compass was there, a compass would show you the direction you needed to go in. Or maybe there was a map there. You could pick a map, and you could say, oh, here's a map of the Amazon. Here's, Here's what the rivers do, and this is where you go. 
But what if there was a guide that showed up? And maybe it was a guy that lived in the jungle his whole life and he even spoke English. That'd be amazing, you know. And he said, hey, I'm here and I can help you out. Would you pick the compass? Would you pick the map? Would you pick the guide? We'd pick the guide every single time because he's been there, speaks the language, and he knows exactly where to go. This is who the Holy Spirit is in our life. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. And the Holy Spirit has an assignment for your life and for my life. And that assignment is to lead us and guide us into all truth and to show us the things to come. The Holy Spirit is your personal guidance counselor through life. And no matter what life throws at you, the Holy Spirit knows that your life is supposed to go from A to B. And he knows many different ways to get you to where you need to end up. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. I love that. Led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. Once you're a child of God, God gives you the Holy Spirit to lead your life. John 16, 13 through 14 says, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will speak not of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. These are the roles, of, the role of the Holy Spirit that's in our life. He helps us. So I want to tell you this. When you want to know, like, how do I lead, be led by the Spirit? Let me first stop and tell you how people get led astray. Because I've been seeing a lot of people, and you've been seeing a lot of your friends, and you're just like, it just, it just looks like our life is off course, or their life is headed in the wrong direction. You know, if the Holy Spirit wants to lead and guide me, well, you better know that Satan has some, some things that he wants to lead and guide you in a different direction. God has a plan for your life, and so does Satan. Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and this is how he does it. I end up being led astray when I get led astray following culture. That's the first thing. The Bible says in Exodus 23... Moses looked at the people, and I love this. He says, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. What, what was Moses saying to the people? Is that there are going to be times where the crowd gets everything wrong, and if you follow them, you're getting off track. And when you look at thousands of years of biblical history, the nation of Israel got this wrong over and over and over again. They would look at other nations and want to become like them. They would, they would see this series like, we want to be like them. And they, they would see the Philistines and be like, we want to be like them. And they always got into trouble when they wanted to follow someone else's ways. And this is why, because God had set them apart. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. That's what it means to be holy, to be set apart. God has set you apart from other people to do a great work in your life. So the first thing you say is, you know what? I'm not going to follow the crowd every time. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to open my Bible. I'm going to pray. I want to be led by the Lord. Here's the second thing. I get led astray by reading too much into life circumstances. This is one thing that we have seen pop up as pastors over the last like 10 years. Is that people will look at the circumstances of their life and go, well, I guess that's God. It's kind of like a fatalist fatalistic type of thinking like well I guess that's that happened and had to be God I guess God's speaking to me because these these circumstances are happening this way you can read so much into the circumstances of life that that leads you astray people are like I missed my plane 
I guess God didn't want me to catch it. I got in a traffic jam. I guess that's God. The usher didn't pass the offering bucket on my row. Guess he didn't want me to give. I had a bad hair day. I guess that may... Listen, if you look at your life and read circumstances into your life as the will of God, then listen, Satan will set you up for disaster. There's a story in the book of Acts where Paul is a prisoner. He's getting on a ship. It's in a bad uh, part of the year, season of the year. And then Paul has a prophetic word. And he said this, he said, if we set sail for this city, it will end in destruction. We're going to sail into a storm. And then I think it's very interesting. This is what the Bible says. It says, but a gentle breeze, write that down. A gentle breeze came up and they thought, this is exactly what we wanted. Gentle breeze came up and said, this is what we've been looking for. And they set sail and listen to me, and they sailed right into a big hurricane. It almost killed everybody. Paul prayed and God rescued them. When you look too much at the circumstances in your life, let me tell you something. There'll be times where you get a gentle breeze and it's not from God. You'll be like, that's the guy I've always been looking for. You need to close that app and swipe no. Amen. Like you can be looking at circumstances going, this is from God and it's a gentle breeze. Listen, you get led astray by circumstances. And I'll tell you one more thing. I get led astray when I follow my feelings. When you follow your feelings too much, your feelings will eventually lead you down the wrong road. Because if you're taking notes, write this down. Feelings are always temporary. There is no feeling that you're ever going to have in life that's going to last forever. The only thing that lasts forever is the way God feels about you. He loves you. That's never going to change, but your feelings change. Even if you're in the middle of a panic attack, it doesn't last for the rest of your life. It'll just all of a sudden, peace will come, calm will come. You could be at Disney World, and some of you actually like going there, and you're there, and you're, you're just like, this is the best day of my life, and that best moment is not going to last forever. Like, LSU won the national championship last year. I was on cloud nine. I don't even care to watch college football this year. Feelings never last. You can't trust them. There was a guy around here I was talking to a few months ago. We were sitting down talking face-to-face, and and I knew that he was having some marriage troubles. And he, uh, he looked at me and he said, I, I, I filed for divorce. I mean, he married to an amazing person. I said, well, why would you do that? And he said, I, I just had a peace about it. I said, do what? I just had this peace. He says, as a matter of fact, I, I found another girl that I think I'm supposed to be with. I have such a peace about her. I was like, what? So I didn't know what to do. So I slapped him across the face. And he said, what? I said, I had a piece about it. No, I didn't do that, but I, I felt like I should have. But you listen to me. There's a lot of people that blame bad decisions on the peace of God. You can't trust your feelings. Somebody say amen. Say it right where you're at. Amen. Until you die, you're going to have different feelings that will speak to you. But when you're led by the Spirit, listen to me, you're allowing God to have the last word. Your flesh is going to speak to you. Your sinful nature is going to speak to you. But you go, I want the Holy Spirit to always have the last word. So how does the Holy Spirit lead? Uh, Last week, Pastor Rick got into this passage, and I want us to just dive back into it again. If you've got a Bible close by, uh, you you can turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Otherwise, we'll have it right here on the screen that you're looking at. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 21. I'm going to read a few of them here. He said, see then that you walk. 
Circle that in your Bible. He says, this is a walk. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. The NIV says, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be drunk with wine, which, le- which leads to dissipation. dissipation. That just means it leads you down the wrong road. Okay? He says, but be filled with the Spirit. We talked all about that last week. And then you can stop right there at 19. We're going to come back to this. He says, this is what I want you to do. He says, I want you to walk like a wise person walks. When I say that the Holy Spirit wants to lead you, what He is doing is helping you walk in the direction God wants to go. Walking implies three things. Here's here's the first thing that it implies. It implies that the Holy Spirit is taking you somewhere. So in your life, it's not like the Holy Spirit is just going to lead me to have a good day. And some people think, I don't know where God's going to lead me. Let me tell you something. He's not going to lead your life in circles, and He's not going to lead your life down a dead-end road. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He says, I'm going to lead you to a life that you give God glory. And that if you follow me at the end of your life, you're going to hear these words, well done, good and faithful servant. Okay? It implies that the Holy Spirit has a direction for you to go in. Okay? And when you're in that direction, going in that direction... That's where you're going to be like, man, I'm growing. I don't even know. I got the fruit of the Spirit. Life is getting really good right now. Here's the the next thing. Walking implies continuous motion. So if I take a step and stop, that's not walking. Walking means that I am taking one step after another step after another step. Okay. So when we live in the South... Uh, we have a lot of religious phrases, phrases, and some people say, well, preacher, I've been walking with God for five years now, or 10 years, or 50 years. Well, walking with God means that you've had continuous movement over time. Left foot, right foot, I'm putting my faith in God, I'm repenting of sin in my life, and I'm moving in the direction that the Holy Spirit is leaving me. I'm not stopping. Matter of fact, the word serving, because some people say, well, I, I serve God all the time. Even the word serving God in the Greek, it means to kick up dust. I like a lot of people, their Christian faith is collecting dust. You know, when you're walking with God, it's because you're making things happen all around you. It's that continuous motion up and down. Okay, let me tell you what just recently happened to me. I, I had a few days in the past week where I was being stubborn, Oh, quick-tempered, sharp with my tongue. And then I would feel the Holy Spirit begin to convict me, like, what are you doing, you know? I was being selfish, you know, not wanting to be a servant around my house. And then I'm walking my dog in the snow. And so I, I got a little lacy out in the snow. The snow hit her. She just went bonkers for like 15 minutes. She's going everywhere, like hyperactive. And then she got tired after about 15 minutes and she just sat down. And I was just, I could not, we're like two blocks from the house. I'm like, I don't want to pick you up. I'm like, come on, girl. Come on, girl. You can walk. You want to walk? You want to walk? And then it hit me. I'm like, is this what I look like to the Holy Spirit? Is that I will just be excited for 15 minutes or maybe an hour on a Sunday. And then during the week, he's like, would you still walk? Would you walk with me? And I even wrote in my journal, I'm like, I apologize to God. I'm like, I don't want to be your pet. I want to be your son. And I don't want to be carried into heaven. I want to walk right into it. 
It, so it implies the Holy Spirit's taking me somewhere. It's continuous motion. But this is something you've got to get. Walking implies dependence. Like every step I take, when I take a step on my right leg, I put it down and I'm depending on this leg, but actually I'm depending on what's underneath it. And I'm saying whatever is underneath this foot is going to hold me up. And whatever's on this foot is going to hold me up. It is it, When you walk in the Spirit, this is what you're doing. You're saying, God, I am trusting you for you to do in me what I could never do on my own. See, the moment you say this, the moment you say, well, I got this, God. I have figured this area of my life out. Then you're no longer walking in the Spirit. You quench the Spirit. It is, it is faith. It's actually this faith and trust that keeps the Holy Spirit close. I want you to track with me for a second. Because one of the, one of the names of the Holy Spirit in the Bible is a, is a dove. And a dove, it's really interesting, is a very sensitive bird. It's like emotionally sensitive. Like if it gets hurt, a dove will coo and fly away. And there's something about the Holy Spirit. The moment the Holy Spirit senses pride in our life, He goes, you, you want to do that on your own? Do that on your own. But when you say, I'm trusting in you for you to do in me what I can never do in myself, He goes, I got you. I, I'm a sure foundation under your feet. You're not going anywhere. And I'm telling you, you're going to need this all the days of your life to feel like I'm being led by the Spirit. I open my Bible and I feel like it's coming alive. There are things jumping off the page. I come to church. I feel like He's connecting me with brothers and sisters in Christ. I found a group. I mean, that, that doesn't happen because of your personality. It happens because God is doing something in you, right? You're being led by the Spirit there. It's like when you look at your life and you look at all of these things, you look at the, this inward witness of the Holy Spirit. This is such an important thing in your life. There's going to be some things in your life that you're not going to have a Bible and verse over. You're going to need a spiritual conviction deep within you. Like when I grew up, we called it a check in my spirit. It's like, I just don't feel that right in my gut. It's like the Holy Spirit is like in you. Now, you can get weird and mystical about this. We had a guy come and ask me to go to lunch with him one time. We were getting ready to leave. He's like, let's just pray. I want to pray if it's steak or chicken today. I have no idea. I'm like, we ain't praying over the food. It's Friday. I got paid. We eating steak. You know what I'm saying? You can get weird about this. I want you to listen to me. There are going to be times in your life where you're going to need the Holy Spirit to do something. Like, you're going to be facing like a major surgery. Like, should we have this surgery? Maybe should my kid have this surgery? Should we try to do therapy with it? In my life, it was like, do we do chemo for Brooke? How much do we do? What kind do we do? What meds does she take? What course do we take? We just didn't rely on the wisdom of the world. We wanted that inward witness. There'll be a time in your life, like in my life, do we pull them off life support? Do we leave them on? You have, you have some of these uh, areas in your life where you're going to need to be led. You can't have your own wisdom or listen to everyone else. You got to get along with God and go, I just say, you know it in this knower that God put deep inside of you. So I'm going to give, take five minutes. I want to tell you how to connect with this. Because some people go, how do I connect with that leading? You know, do I meditate? Mm -hmm. Do I hum? Do I do chants? 
Do I need to go to California and meet some mystical people out there? I don't. This is what you do. When Paul was telling us how to walk in the Spirit, and he was teaching us how to be filled with the Spirit, then he taught us how to do it. So go back to Ephesians chapter 5, and let's finish this passage. In verse 19, okay? He just told us, don't be drunk with wine. Leads to dissipation. And then he says, uh, but be filled with the Spirit. And then he said this. Let me, let me turn this. This is actually in the New King James Version. Verse 19, he, he says this. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now watch this. If you, if you got your Bible, put a number one over that. It's a three-step process. He said, giving thanks for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus. And then put a number two over that. And then you put a number three to this, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. He gives you three things, three action steps to take to get godly leadership, Holy Spirit direction in your life. The first is, I, I wrote it down like this, it's the atmosphere of worship. This is the best way that I can say this about worship. The Holy Spirit fills an environment that has already been filled by your worship. When you lift up those songs of hymns of praise to the Lord, He begins to come and manifest His presence among you. I think a lot of us are going to get into heaven and have to do some remedial courses. They're going to be like, you know what? We're in heaven now. This is not like the fifth row of New Life Church. You're in heaven. When we sing, like everybody sings, everybody's going to worship. But I'm going to tell you, when you do this on this side of heaven, when you say, I'm going to worship God, all of a sudden the presence of God begins to direct your life. And then he says, then offering up words of thanksgiving. And you could write it down like this. There's an attitude of thanksgiving that the Holy Spirit blesses. It's like when you take time to recognize His hand in your life, and all that He has done for you. And you sit back and go, you know what? That was you, God. That wasn't me. You did this for me. You provided this for me. What The areas of your life where you have thankfulness, the, the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to give them a little more of that. I'm going to give them a little more direction in that because you have a thankful heart. The, the moment in your life, this goes back to this pride thing, that you go, that was me. That was me being awesome. He goes, I'm going to let them do that all by themselves. And then the last thing He says, and submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord, that's the action of serving one another. You've got an atmosphere to build. You've got an attitude to hold on to. Then you've got some action to where you just look at people and go, I can do that. You need that done? I can serve that. Because all of a sudden, you're having some actions in your life where you're going, you know what? Life isn't all about me. And there's something like indirect, like you're serving someone else and the Holy Spirit goes, oh, you're going to be a helper. <laughs> well, that's my name too. If you're going to be a helper to them, I'm going to continue to be a helper to you. We want this so much for your life. You need this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 says, the Spirit, it gives life. That's what it does. If you don't learn to be led by the Spirit and have the life of the Spirit, you're going to come to church and get theology. You're going to come to church and get knowledge that the Spirit of God wants to give you life. What does that mean? It means He will show you how to live this out Monday through Sunday. So right now, this is what we're going to do. We're getting ready for a time of communion, and this is going to be a great time that you can do all three of these things because we're going to have some worship. We're going to have some time of reflection. And then here's your challenge for today 
is that today find someone to serve. Maybe in your home. Maybe you can serve something before uh, you walk out of your building or wherever you're at. But find someone to serve and serve them well. I love this. I love worship. I love church. Even right here, right now. But here's the problem. We're about to take communion and some of you are not right with the Lord. Maybe you've never been right with the Lord. Maybe you have been and you have fallen away and you want to run back to Him. I can see some of you doing that right now. So if you were to die today, are you ready to meet the Lord? Because the Bible says that your spirit will bear witness with the Father. Like you just know when you're right with the Lord. So if not, let's settle that before we take communion. To take communion with us, you do not have to be a member of New Life Church, but you have to be a believer, born again. You have to be a child of the Lord. And then the scripture is clear that he wants for us to take communion in a worthy manner to search our heart and to see if we're right. Like everybody should do that. I've been working on that some myself and we all should. So if you're not right with the Lord, I just want to challenge you to repent of your sins and call upon him because we're going to take communion and this is about to get good. I thank the Lord for the teaching we had on the Holy Spirit, especially now because it reminds me of communion. When Jesus said to take communion on the night that he was betrayed, he actually said every time you do it, as often as you do it, to remember him because he knew we would forget. Yesterday, there was a young lady, I guess around 22 years of age. She had a mask on, so I don't know for sure. But she found my son's wallet at a gas station, and he had some cash in it and about $80. He normally doesn't have cash, but it was right there. And she felt compelled to bring it to the address on the license. Well, that's my home. Tanner doesn't live there now, but that's what's on his license. So there was a knock on our door. We weren't even sure if we heard a knock. And by the time we realized someone knocked, I saw a wallet on the floor right by the door. And I looked out at the street and there was a young lady getting in her car to leave. She was in a Corolla. I couldn't believe she made it all the way to our home. And sure enough, when she got in that car, she couldn't move. She, her tires were spinning. And Michelle and I yelled out at her, do you need help? And we don't know what she said, but we ran out there to help her. We were able to push the car along. We had to do this several times. And then we followed her to get her all the way out. But the goodness of this girl, she didn't have to do that. In fact, she could have just kept the money. But she's a good person. And it reminded me of someone else who was good to me years ago. I've been looking for their phone number to thank them. I had forgotten all about it. This reminds me of the goodness of God. Like when you remember him, you remember other things that he has done. And this is what Jesus is saying. Don't forget about me. Don't forget what I have done for you. And in the Holy Spirit series, I found a verse that I had never seen before in John chapter 14, around verse 25. And he says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. Like it's the Holy Spirit's job to remind us. So when the Lord says, take communion and remember, 
we've got to also know it's the Holy Spirit who will remind us. The goodness of that young lady helped me, but in it all, it was the Holy Spirit who reminded me of other times God was there for me. So with that in mind, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he took the cup and he said, listen, every time you take communion together, I want you to do it in remembrance of me. And they ate the bread. Thank you, Lord. And then afterwards, he held up a cup and he said, this is my grace. This is my new covenant. This is a part of God that a lot of us have forgotten about. We forget about the price he paid and we forget about the grace. Let the Holy Spirit remind you of that because we not only need to receive the grace, we should give away His grace. People we need to forgive, different ways to move forward in our relationship with God. So on the night he was betrayed, he took the juice and he drank. And he did it while he said, remember me. And so we're now gonna go into a time of worship and what I'm hoping for is that the Holy Spirit will remind you of how much he loves you, how good he is, and that you'll have a thankful heart the entire time because he is amazing. Let's worship.
Well, thank you so much for being with us today. As we finish out our service right now, I wanna pray for Pastor Dan Hammett at University Church of Christ and also pray a prayer blessing over you as you go right now. So Father, thank you so much for Pastor Dan Hammett, Lord, at University Church of Christ. I pray that you be with them and their church today. God, I also just pray a prayer of blessing over everybody watching as they go today. God, I pray that you would just cover them, God, be with their families this week, be with us as we're on the job, Lord, at school or wherever we go, keep us safe. We love you in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Listen, have an amazing week. We'll see you right back here at 8 a.m. next week.